the youth know about the background to an historic document like the Windhoek Declaration and its impact on a free, pluralistic and independent African press? Do they even care about press freedom or realize how any erosion of this right may impact their own lives? This growing apathy is a huge concern, given the Afrobarometer survey of 2019, which shows that popular support for press freedom is on the decline in Africa. With the international celebration of World Press Freedom Day 2021 happening in Namibia this year with the theme Information for the Public Good and on the 30th anniversary of this declaration, many young people are wondering what the fuss is all about and how this affects them. I'm Gwen Lister, host of the Namibia Media Trust Free Speak podcast where we discuss all things media. So for this edition, we're reversing positions, and I'm going to be on the receiving end of questions from some young people on this topic. With me today are Jessica Uiras, Project Officer at the Namibia Media Trust. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Gwen. Nice to be here. Thank you. And Juno Angula, who is a former president of the SRC, which is Students' Representative Council, at the NUST. And I'm being investor science and technology. Exactly. Great to be here, Gwen. Great Thank you very here. much for joining, Juno. Mm. So, Jessica, do you want to start us off? Yes, please. Um, well, Gwen, I remember when I started working as an intern for the Namibia Media Trust back in 2019, the first task you gave me was to read the Venduk Declaration. And I must say, that was the first time I heard about the Venduk Declaration. And... Um, as I mentioned, my background of not having an idea of that, maybe could you give us a brief understanding of World Press Freedom Day and the Venduk Declaration? Okay, thanks for the question, Jessica. Yeah, it probably we always imagine people automatically know what the Venduk Declaration was, but they don't. So, in a nutshell, um, in it was the year after independence of Namibia in 1991, and Africa was emerging, the Cold War was ending, Africa was emerging from an era of one-party states and, of course, apartheid domination of the southern African part of the continent, and an atmosphere generally in Africa where the media was dominated by government controls right across the board, that a lot of independent-minded journalists decided to get together under the auspices of UNESCO to have a seminar in Vintuk, Namibia, uh, the reason it was held here was because Namibia had just come up with what was seen as shining light of a constitution, which granted all sorts of rights that people in other parts of Africa certainly didn't enjoy up to then. And so they held it in Vintuk, and the upshot of this meeting of African journalists, many of whom even had to be released from jail in their countries to come and attend that seminar, they came up with a Vintuk declaration, where essentially we tried to break with the past government control over Namibia, uh, over the media, I'm sorry, and to pave the way for a free, independent, and pluralistic press in Namibia. As a result of the adoption of this declaration in 91, the United Nations General Assembly, some years later, adopted the day on, of, on which the, the declaration was adopted, May 3, as international or World Press Freedom Day. And we've celebrated that every year on May 3 since then. 
right so there is uh, some significance or a great significance to to the Ventuk declaration as it has influenced the media in Africa as a whole that's also a very good question Jessica and something that a lot of people ask what really was the impact of the Ventuk declaration 30 years on and we don't want to claim uh, what's the word too much credit for things but I think certainly it helped pave the way for much more acceptance or broader acceptance of the need for a free press. Because as we all know, most rights are inextricably linked. You know, if, if there's a right to press freedom, there's a right to free expression. If the one is curtailed, the other one probably is too. So I think it did, I mean, as we know, looking across the continent, not all governments are in favor of a free, independent and pluralistic press, even today. But the Vintuk Declaration was then ratified, if that's the right word, by the Southern African Development Community in the first place and the African Union. So in a sense, all African governments have committed themselves. The thing we asked for at this seminar was really that governments shouldn't have any hand in media. They are the ones who should be creating an enabling environment in which the press can flourish um, and, and really be a bastion of democracy. So as I say, to varying degrees across Africa, there are better and worst case scenarios. And I would like to come in here quickly. And sure. It's based on those ideological differences uh, that exist uh, within borders uh, across the African continent that, um, that cannot holistically apply within nations, but it's very important that you speak of democracy now, that the political landscape and the political sphere um, allows the media to flourish because then that is when journalists are at their peak. That is when they are... Creativity uh, flows, The creativity, yeah. and that is when the, the discourse really happens around the truth. Accurate information exactly. is being dismissed. Okay. Exactly. So I just wanted to comment a little bit on that. Sure. And also, Gwen, in your, in your introduction, and, uh, and I really favor and I am liking this year's theme, which is information for the public good. Right. Which brings me to the question of what are the possible ramifications of a pluralistic media that is concentrated um, within Namibia, for example? Yeah, that's a, also a good question, you know. Um, information for the public good is obviously something that mm. not just the media, but all of, all of Africa and ordinary mm. citizens should concern themselves with, especially given our current environment. Don't forget, I mean, it's, it, it must be mentioned that 91, when we adopted the Vintuk Declaration, there was no social media, there was yeah. no internet, Inter there was no digital world. We were mainly print-centered journalists who met, mm -hmm. not exclusively, there was some radio, but at the time, most print and most radio across Africa was, of course, dominated by government controls. Mm -hmm. So information as a public good, we had to, f our big fight in those days was against government propaganda, mm -hmm. first and foremost. Okay. Uh, nowadays, the fight is against, obviously, the disinformation tsunami, exactly. one can call it, that is especially prevalent, not only, but especially prevalent on, on social media. Mainstream as well. Exactly, it is. Um, and so I think that information for the public good is a very fitting theme in that sense, that we all need to kind of get a grip on and say, how? because why do we want good information? We want good information because we want good, empowered, participatory citizens in, in any or every country in order really to make democracy work. 
There's no point to it if the citizens themselves aren't engaged. So the better information they consume, if that's the right word, the better informed and empowered and knowledgeable citizens they are. And so obviously me from media itself, I think the conference offers an opportunity for them to introspect. Mm -hmm. We want to celebrate press freedom on this day and celebrate especially those journalists who've made the ultimate sacrifice in many cases, uh, being of service to the public or just doing their job. But we also need to introspect about the media itself in terms of its sustainability and how we must resist sort of caving into the feeding frenzy, if you like, of clickbait and to keep the standards of media high and accountable in order to re-engage that public trust. So I think it's a critical theme for us all to be actually looking at at this time. I agree. Us. I think it's a lovely and wonderful theme. Um, and, and, and I'd like to focus a little bit on the definition of public good here. Um, sure. You define it as um, citizenry receiving good information and why good information is necessary. Um, from a retrospective point of view, someone might say that um, and when it comes to democracy, the participation would then be heading into the elections. This is the citizen Jessica going to vote, right. and that is their participation. Right. But in this instance, I feel it should be more concentrated on what does the what what is what would be good for the citizens to participate and know about World Press Freedom Day and the rights that they. Uh, intrinsically get from being citizens of this country right. and how those are attached to journalism. So the good here in the sense that it would be good for people, uh, the citizens, to be able to have access to information, not only when the Surely. media is making it um, available, readily available, Absolutely. but what is a good citizen in terms of public good? Can I just chip in before Gwen gives an answer? Um, going back to the fact that you mentioned um, there's access to information, access to good information, and journalists make this information available. But then again, it is also the public's duty to go out there and access the already available information, either on the internet or the print media. So Yeah, and to be discriminating about their their sources of information, which mm -hmm. is another right. thing a lot of people need to do, is this whole question of media literacy comes into the picture mm -hmm. and how um, citizens need to be more discerning about the kind of information that they consume, not only that, what they pass on, so that we don't have this proliferation of disinformation, which can, at the end of the day, has, in certain parts of the world, led to violence and death. Um, if the wrong yeah. information is put, put out, out there, yeah. I know in India there were a few cases, um, and that is something that really there can be total anarchy mm -hmm. if, if, if false stuff gets out there. So again, it's incumbent perhaps on journalism also to, to revisit their commitment uh, to the truth or to find the truth and also to commit to codes of ethics and regulation and accountability to the public in order to keep the flag high and to win back that that public trust. But it's a difficult question. Maybe I could just fire it back at you guys. Do you think the youth, really, do they want good media? What we always talk of as legacy media, your newspapers and so on, who, let's face it, have really helped us with some of the major stories of the world and, and revealed incredible cruelties and corruption and all sorts of things. Why do you think people are turning away from those sources now in favor of their Facebook and their Twitter. I, I like that you mentioned the word prolification and um, 
the ICT is, pro- uh, is prolific in dominating the way we right. use the usage of media. Right. Um, and as a communications graduate, not not necessarily a journalism one, um, it speaks. We we do not have courses um, that speak to educate or enlighten the right. the youth on on on, on these issues right. that you've just mentioned. Right. Um, especially the Windhoek Declaration. It is an important historical background of this great nation. Um, so my question would then be, before I answer yours, why we are not allowed to access um, this within our school curriculums from yeah. a very young age or early grades, and especially for media students within um, the spectrum of, of, of Namibia. And is this not supposed to be some sort of grooming that is, n- that, that is needed and is necessary within our school curriculums? Then once you have done that, you are able to decentralize uh, or separate the role or the, the responsibility of of media right. journalism to only um, journalists or media folks then sure. it becomes a thing that everybody has been has received at least a little bit of background within the school's curriculum on what press freedom is why is it important and all of these little things so i think in a nutshell that kind of answers your question it is the pedagogy is the pedagogical um, indifferences within the youth that exist and is, uh, that is uh, that merits the reason why the youth do not engage why the youth do not participate, why the youth, Shelley, and I'm speaking out of my own opinion, they do not care about what is in the youth unless it's of interest to them, unless it benefits them, unless it touches um, an aspect of their lives. Right. So if somebody is reporting on fishermen and my dad's not a fisherman, for example, I don't give a... Oh, you don't care. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with Juno when it comes to that. We have limited access to information um, especially when right. it comes to the school curriculum. Okay. As aspiring um, journalists, uh-huh. as students that are working towards being in the media space, why are we not aware of the Venduk Declaration? Exactly. Why are we not aware of World Press Freedom Day? Yeah. I mean, we are sent out into the working industry once we have graduated with only knowledge of paper or what has Book been scripted type, yes. in the curriculum, but not exactly what we are supposed to know, such as the Venom Declaration. We come to work and then, like I said in the beginning, Gwen has to then tell me to read the Venom Declaration. Those are things that were supposed to be done back at an early age to help groom us and also make the work easy for us when we go out into the the working space, you understand, Gwen? And just to add on or go back to the question that you asked us, I think um, we do still rely on information from the media right but it's just a matter of trust um we have plus minus six seven newspapers in the country uh-huh. but i would say we mostly trust the namibian newspaper and that's where if the namibian gives us a story we'll read that story and that's what we stick to we won't go and really verify or fact version. check right. mm. you understand right. and it's the same on social media if juno if i look up to juno and juno puts out a post of hate or racism i would follow. i would just follow juno without even making a background check yeah so i think it's it's like juno mentioned interest um if i'm not interested in something i won't read about it if i'm not interested in politics exactly. i won't read about it exactly. if i'm not a media student and i'm not interested in world press freedom day or the venduk declaration i won't read about it so it's basically based on our interest i would say we are we are we are directed or Rather, we are guided by our interest 
You understand? As an economic yes. student, um, why would I even want to celebrate World Press Freedom Day? Exactly. What's, why why exactly. is it important to me mm. as, as, as an engineer? Yeah, and Jessica, let me just quickly chip in here, Gwen. Um, sure. A small comment, maybe funny one. I'm, I'm sure there are little boys and girls, Muslim boys and girls, who can recite the Quran out of their head. Yeah. You understand? Yes. And why, couldn't, why can't we make it as a culture it that we can also recite us. the World Dec- uh, the Windhoek Declaration? Exactly. Well, I must say, I was surprised to hear from you both that, for example, especially at the level of, of tertiary, that they're not looking at the Windhoek Declaration, because quite apart from its meaningfulness in the sense of journalism in Africa mm. and press freedom, it is part of our history. Um, and, you know, I don't have access to the history books that are currently in schools, but I would think that something like this is a very proud moment for Namibia, which actually hosted this, uh, this seminar that gave rise to the declaration. So we played a very key role in it. And that's why it's wonderful to have it basically the World Press Freedom Declaration or coming back to, to Namibia country, 30 yeah. years after after its adoption. So I think that's very important. Um, and, and maybe more needs to be done in schools just in terms of general media literacy. Mm-hmm. Because as Jessica just pointed out, a very important issue, um, we, we all tend to live in our information d- bubbles, especially with the new digital world, isn't it? Um, we often seek online, whether we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, to reinforce our own prejudices. Maybe it's that's one way of putting it. Uh, we follow people we like. If we in the entertainment, infotainment world, we'll follow all the beauty queens and the... Uh, we won't bother to follow, for example, the Namibia Media Trust because we don't really care about issues like access to information and so on. So. I think those of us who do care about these issues have a massive role ahead Mm. to try and convince the youth that actually we're not talking about just rights for journalists. I think often people think press freedom is just Just about journalists. journalists. No, it's not. Because if press freedom did not exist in Namibia, and we know we're still on top, we don't know, the new rankings will come out soon. We may hopefully still be at number one, but who knows. if they did not expose the fish rot scandal, for example, we wouldn't know that such massive corruption and theft of public resources was happening in Namibia. And so you will find, and I think you both alluded to that earlier, is when something is really happening, like the fish rot uh, story was rolling out, I think that was a time when even the youth probably picked up a newspaper and and wanted to see the latest and who's got 10 massive cars in their backyard <laughs> and what properties do they own and how much did they steal and yeah. what is Saki's ring worth? And we were actually like very that. eager. Then they're engaged, yeah. right? Yes. But apart from that, in the ordinary run of things, newspapers aren't just about politics and corruption. They're about a lot of things that are happening in our communities. And as concerned and caring citizens, we need to know that there's drought in Kuneni or the ter- ter- terrible suffering that is happening there. It's not all about politics. And really, at the end of the day, I think most good journalists, and like any other profession, they're bad journalists as well, but the good journalists are out there in pursuit of the truth and in service of the public for the public good and to serve this theme that we're going to have of information as a public yeah, good. Do you know? And Gwen, I like, I like that you mentioned the, um, the fact that you know people, the youth follow their, their idols, if I were to say that for lack of a better word. Right. I've experienced that when it comes to uh, dissemination of important information, 
if not officially from the Namibia Media Trust, for example, um, Jessica, who has a low following on social media, right. would, would make a comment which is very significant right. and very important. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It gets two, three, twelve, twelve likes at yeah. most. Uh, yeah. Three engagements if you look at the kinetics. But I can guarantee you we can do a test after this. She can put a picture out of herself in a yeah. swimming costume and she will this suddenly... Is this this <laughs> actually happens, yeah. on so now especially my point, on Twitter. Sorry, yeah. Jessica. Now my point would be then, if Jessica were to do that, nobody gives a damn about it. Right. But the moment you get DJ Fresh from South Africa to, to post, plagiarize yeah. Jessica's message, then it's popular. Exactly. So we, we, we really need to also start looking at things of credibility. Absolutely. Why can a lay person in the street who's witnessed something and report about it be credible enough, but then the other person is more credible? So I think this also these are little issues that also factor within yeah. the the interest yeah. or the good information, the goodwill of yeah. of, of, of press, of press uh, and the freedoms um, that are assigned to everybody to 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 uh, disseminate information in a truthful and factual manner. So if we still have those kind of uh, small but really not 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 big of a difference when it comes to personalities and credibility right. of, of of individuals you're going to have a lot of injustices that will continue to happen Absolutely. and to exist within the namibian society right we need to educate our youth that every word matters doesn't matter who it's coming from right. but as long as it's said and it's truthful we ought to follow it from there absolutely and i think you know at the end of the day what are we really trying to get at and I mentioned that earlier, is we really want a more informed society. Mm. We want to have more informed debates, don't we? We don't want to feel every time we go on social media and say something that you're going to have uh, this huge witch hunt on the go and that people are going to be abusing you left, right and centre. We want to have the kind of situation where we can discuss things that are relative to our lives and our communities and we have these burning issues to address that to concentrate on the trivia seems to be such a waste of our energies. That being said, people are entitled to do that. But at the end of the day, I think information is a public good. It's my hope, really, that the, that the youth would realize that journalism rights are important to them. Why? Because if the journalist right goes, you might not notice it if your local newspapers start disappearing yeah. or you only have access to an official government mouthpiece here and there. Maybe you won't. I think a lot of people would, because I keep saying with people who criticize the media, just take it out of the scenario. Picture a world without, without your media. newspapers, without your independent radio stations, and where would you really be? Um, and yes, you'd have social media, but if the rights of journalists have gone, the next thing that would happen is it's that their rights on social, social media, media your rights to yeah. free expression, would equally be, be curtailed. So I think for me, that's a good argument why yeah. the youth needs to care. But maybe as we wind up, guys, a last few comments from each of you. Juno, yeah. would you like to start? Yeah, it's a wonderful topic. We could talk forever. But Just with what you said, I think a world without media, you would have less defamation of characters in lawsuits <laughs> in the country. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I literally wanted to touch on this issue of um, the law uh, enforcement intimidation um, and detention of journalists during the... Right. Uh, last year shut it all down demonstrations and the president has on a number of occasions pronounced himself and uh, really addressed issues of press freedom and journal and and, journal to, and journalists now what does this mean for namibia in terms of its ranking that he has now gone silent on the issue he's never said anything um i'm told well i think you know it, it must be said firstly that the, uh, uh, president gangob is definitely very proud 
of Namibia's status yes, at yes. number one in Africa. There's no question about that. It is one of the good news stories mm. coming out of Namibia, let's face it. So he's tremendously proud of that. If we keep our place, well, we, it remains to be seen. Um, that having been said, I mean, Namibia, because of that, Namibia as a country is more free than most countries um, on the continent for journalists to operate in. Um, and so, yes, those were very unpleasant episodes that happened at the demonstrations. And there were a few other cases where I think overzealous security forces and others just waded in. Um, I didn't see it, though, as something that is a state, um, what you can call it, something that was authorized from the top. Often the actions of a few individuals yeah, might um, have, yeah. can, can cast a lot of uh, negative light. But overall... I mean, it's not that there has been a pattern of that in Namibia. And hopefully, oh, yeah. I mean, it was um, really wrong what happened, and hopefully that's not going to give way. And certainly if it did, one would expect the president to speak out publicly and bring uh, um, law enforcement to, to order on that score because we really don't want to spoil the good record we've had pretty much since independence. Not to say the press is perfect here. It's not. Not to say that our enabling environment is perfect. It's not. An access to information bill has been... The draft is in the pipeline. It's been in the pipeline for years now, and we still haven't seen the light. So there are, you know, government needs to put its money where its mouth is. But we've got to getting signals here that we near the end. So just, Jess, just, make a just last a few moment. comments. Um, I just wanted to, um, would you say the historic connection made between the freedom to seek, impart and receive information and the public good remains as relevant today as it was at the time of its signing? And why should the youth care about the Venduk Declaration yeah. itself? I think uh, it's probably even more relevant today than it was then, quite honestly, uh, Jessica, as we go forward into a world with the massive problems that we face, um, being in the midst of a global pandemic, for one thing, uh, where, I mean, we haven't really talked about the, but the fact how information is so very necessary in a situation like this where lives are lost on a daily basis in many countries to varying degrees. and. All of us who are out on social media or elsewhere know all the disinformation that is floating around about COVID, about the issue of vaccinations, about which ones are good and which ones aren't, about whether you should get vaccinated or not. So that actually casts an even more critical light, if you like, on the issue of information for the public good and mechanisms to ensure that disinformation isn't made as prolific that people really believe those things. I mean, if you take an example, Donald Trump's stupid darn comments near the start of the pandemic where he <laughs> said, you know, ingest uh, uh, bleach and all sorts of things. Can you imagine if people, and he has some 70 million supporters, if the last election is any indication, imagine people had actually gone out and, and done, done that. that. Um, so it's absolutely crazy. And of course, it places also a real... Um, responsibility, you know, the government and officials and politicians always like to talk about a responsible media. I hate that word, but they should be more responsible, responsible. about yeah. their public statements. And if you even look at the issue of Tanzania and the late Magufuli, yeah. who to all intents and purposes did die of the COVID virus, it seems to be. And he was the like a Donald Trump of Africa in terms of telling his people it's not dangerous, don't worry about it, just pray 
have a steam bath, whatever, even vegetables get it. I mean, those are the type of things that a lot of his supporters believed, and lives were probably lost as a result. So even more important than ever before, Jessica, information as a public good. Juno, your last comments on this subject, and then we will conclude. Um, not really, but it's been an engageful um, discourse that we've had. Um, I hope that this podcast will be shared on all media links. Um, hashtag World Press Freedom Day. Hashtag Windhoek Declaration. Uh, final message to the youth out there. Your rights are important. Your rights are connected to journalists who make you aware that you have the certain rights. And it is also your responsibility that you engage more in the media and that you are more inclined and more literate on issues surrounding the media because they ultimately benefit you. Absolutely. And what you said earlier, people focusing only in their own little yes, areas. little areas. A good general knowledge good general is one knowledge. of the best things anyone can have yeah, at like their disposal. Yeah. So soak up good information wherever you get it, yes, like even said, if it's not in your field. Yes, like I said, clever is good, but clear is much better. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good way to end. And it's just not about the journalist. You see, uh, civil society has brought the access to information out to the public. They, they make sure we are well informed and the information or the content that is distributed is fact-checked. Right. And that is right. where the NMT and IPPR and Action Coalition are, are trying to make sure that we are well informed uh -huh. and the, the information that we have access to is actually um, good and verified. So it's up to us as the youth to also try and engage like Juno said. Read a bit more. Don't just follow everything you see on social media. Just because someone said something does not entirely mean that it's true. Do your own fact checking and then get a background of that context before you actually put out something on social media because you don't know how far that tweet might go and who it will affect. So, exactly. Yeah. Thank you both very much for joining me today. Thank I think so much, we all kind of agree that information as a public good is something that the youth should also engage themselves with Definitely. Um, in order to go forward and to, to take over often bad situations and lead the way uh, for the elders that they absolutely need to have the best information at their disposal. And it's also their right. right. Thank you very much, Thank both so much, of you. Thank you, Gwen.